0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 799.
1: Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better best.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Richard Webb. Hey, Richard, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I am. I am, Mark. This is going to be fun.
0: Paint brushes in hand. Richard Webb is an automotive artist whose passion for design, the romance of classic cars and race cars, is reflected in his paintings and drawings. He's owned over 374 classic cars in his life, And while he tried retiring a few times, Richard quickly discovered that painting to be the encore career for him. His art begins as a design process with meticulous attention to composition, the backdrop, landscapes, architectural icons, and details in his automotive subject matter. Mostly working in acrylic paint, he mixes sand, modeling paste, epoxy, and sometimes deep-set wood panels to create his images. In addition to painting on canvas, he's been known to use non-traditional surfaces, including surfboards, doors, and barn wood. That sounds very cool. (laughs) While most of his work is easily recognizable, Richard has also painted abstract portraits and landscapes as well. Richard's been commissioned by the art collectors around the world, audio aficionados, and major global brands, and his work can be found in the homes of businesses and art collectors worldwide. So Richard, I have told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your painting career, and of course, your obvious passion for automobiles.
1: God, there is a passion for sure, Mark. I found my way into this art world in a rather, I think, uh, roundabout way. I, after studying advertising design in school, I focused on painting mainly in my graduate studies. And uh, But I realized very quickly that uh, that consistent paycheck was something I was probably not going to find as a painter. Mm-hmm. So I focused my career primarily on the uh, creative. Uh, advertising side so became an art director creative director all that sort of thing and worked my way up and mainly focused on creating uh primarily retail fashion brands so i was a brand developer and oh almost for 30 years or so that's what i did and uh finally uh got to a point sold my my firm and decided to retire actually did that twice (laughs) found out that uh you know that was just not in my uh DNA yeah. retirement. I uh, just had to be doing something constantly. Did the typical thing, moved to Florida, hated it both times. And uh, so, but it, through that process, I had had to, I, you know, I got rid of all my cars, I downsized you know, the other wife, and just we're going to have different lifestyle, travel and all that sort of thing. But right. uh, I just uh, realized very that I had made a bad mistake with the car thing because my wife called it. She calls it the, my car thing. <laughs> so I picked up a brush and started painting, uh, through her suggestion, cars that I had owned. And I think you mentioned I'd owned a bunch of them. Yeah. And, uh, so bought and sold. And it was always, it was never the car. It was always the chase. Hmm. And uh, so the car thing, uh, so I picked up the brush, started painting, and one thing led to another. And. People started liking my work. And so over time, that it, this has become absolutely my encore career. So.
0: Well, you know, this is a wonderful story. You and I have a very shared background. I spent many, many decades uh, in the advertising world, creative world, building yep. brands and so forth. So we have the same background. And we had a long time chat i'll let our listeners know before we started this recording because uh we talked about richard's career and painting and i love the fact that the idea of retirement is can sometimes be a kiss of death for people (laughs) i think you know if you stop doing a business you need to do something every day you need a reason to wake up in the morning and the fact that you're creative and you're i love your art style it's just absolutely wonderful and we're going to learn a lot more about you. you well you're welcome we're going to learn a lot more about you and your career and what you're doing. But first, I always like to start by asking my guest for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the brushes moving or the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Richard, take the wheel.
1: Wow. Well, that's my favorite. And this is one I, my children, they can they can repeat it in their sleep, but it <laughs> goes like this. Good, better, best. Never let it rest. Until your good is better and your better best. Ah. And, That's the hard, you know, the hardest part of what I do is knowing, you know, when to finish a piece, when a painting is done. It's, you know, it's all it's all about the details Mm -hmm. and uh, judging, you know, judging when that piece is finally the best it can be. So that quote always uh, comes back and forth in my mind every time I'm painting something. It's it's, is it good, good? Is it better? Is this the best I can do? So I live that just about every day in every piece that I do.
0: You know, I love the fact, too, that your kids can recite that in their sleep because there's a few of of those (laughs) mantras that I ingrained into my kids, too, when they were growing up. And it was almost to the point that when they walked out the door, they'd say, yeah, I know, Dad, make great choices. I will do that tonight. Thank you very much. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, learning when a painting is done, that's a challenging thing. My father was an artist. He loved to paint. And we talked about that a lot, knowing when it's done. So how do you know when it's the best it can be?
1: Well, I tell you, uh, I'm a commission artist, so a lot I'm constantly working on projects, and uh, it's the old, you know, there's only hours in the day, and so you slot work, and sometimes I'll start pieces, and uh, then I'll have to start another, so I might be working on more than two or three pieces at a time, and there's reasons for that in terms of how my studio is laid out. Those kinds of things, so you, go, you end up going back, and every time I return to it until I'm finished with something, I'll find something that I, I need to do. And uh, but you reach that point where it goes. This is this is probably as good as it's going to get. So yeah. I think that comes with just over time. You get yes. used to working, and you know you know when the piece is right. Or you think, or at least I think I do. So miss it sometimes, but
0: yeah, being a designer too, that designer background comes in handy there when you know when it's time to keep your hands yeah. off and stop and not overdo yeah. it. It's almost like uh, over-restoring a car. No, it's fine the way it is. You don't want that uh, old Mercedes to look like a jeepney from the Philippines. So stop, stop, stop working on it. Absolutely. Well, let's go back in time and talk Absolutely. about uh, a story that instigated your passion for cars. Was there a pivotal moment when you think back on your life when you knew that you were a car guy? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, God, yeah. No, yeah. I'll never forget. It It was made 1962. I can't even put a date on it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was 13 years old, and I'll never forget, this is a, uh, a neighbor, a Dr. Gidney. He had a uh, he had just taken delivery of the most beautiful black-on-black Morgan Plus Ford Drophead Coupe. This thing was stunning. My jaw dropped. It was one of those moments that I can remember seeing in that car for the first time. It was so beautiful, so class, so different. It was everything. And uh, I'll never forget, that same day, I went to uh, downtown, to the, I grew up in Ocala, Florida, And to the local uh, drugstore and bought my first car magazine. So the first car and driver. So that issue started my whole, uh, you know, awareness of cars in in a way that my father was involved in the car business. But uh, I was never interested in that at that point. But seeing that one particular car just, you know, changed everything. But I always remember that moment, always to share that with people because it was was that defining moment, you know, that that is the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. (laughs) Well, and my wife, other than my wife. (laughs) You know, <laughs> well, so there you go. Other than you now. Just, yeah, yeah, we
0: don't want to get in trouble but, there. We're talking cars, not women, so... Uh, That's right. Yeah, we'll That's stick right. with the but cars. But I
1: remember that those magazines would come, you know, then you would get all... The, I'd get subscriptions, and then I, the magazine would come every month, and I would spend hours just drawing those cars in those magazines. And uh, because, again, growing up in a small town, you don't see a lot of cars that were different and unusual, right? like that Morgan was. And it's so funny, I just got back a couple of weeks ago from my Fiftieth high, high school reunion. Oh wow! And uh, a friend of my old girlfriend actually, she approached me and said, and she pulls out of her purse one of my drawings. Oh my gosh! It was a, car, a drawing that I had done back in that day, and she had kept all those years, and she asked me to you know to sign it because it, <laughs> my name doesn't. Know that, so I now you're it.
0: famous. You can say I and, told you I was going to be you know,
1: famous. Something. Yeah. She, she kept bringing that up. I said, no, 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 it's not that. I said, I just, it's nice to finally uh, remember. That somebody out there kept some of that stuff, right? But uh, it was as you were you and I were talking earlier about your dad and, and all his drawings and books yeah. and so forth. So right. it's nice to have someone that had held on to something like that for so long.
0: Oh so, yeah, yeah. You know, when I went back to several of my high school reunions, I was always asked by everybody, "You still into cars? You still love Porsches?" <laughs> like yeah, <still> there? <laughs> yeah, that's still me. So very cool. Well, Richard, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and. Talk about a huge life or career challenge, or even better, a big failure that you faced. And of course, the most important part of this is what did it teach you? So tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum.
1: Yeah, boy, a lot of you know we all have those, but uh, I think you know you mass in your life, or I did, and you mass a lot of what I call stuff, mm. and all of that stuff for various reasons. You know we hold so dearly, and I was one of those that did that many times, and uh, you end up with. You know, all these things in your life that at the time you think are so important and you hold so true, uh, things that you think you need and to make you happy and fulfill your life and all and all that. And then uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, the homes and the cars and the investments and the complicated lifestyles, all that stuff went away. Yeah. And uh, out of that, I realized how important time was. And how best to use that instead of wasting it on that stuff stuff Mm. that I considered important that made my life you know at that time you know complicated and we all have that stuff but uh, that's why I enjoy painting cars and not owning them you know so much it's it's trust me it's a lot cheaper (laughs) (laughs) and owning them is to paint them so uh, my wife she's an organization. A guru that just uh helps us keep things focused and uh yeah. simplified in a way that allow us to live a lifestyle that we enjoy a lot more than that complicated time in my, my life that where you just you know you wake up one day and you have all this this stuff that right. you have to keep going with or doing with mm-hmm. and uh it was important that now it live my life a lot lot easier it, I'm a lot happier.
0: Well, you know, I really appreciate you taking us down a very personal part of your life and history. But what you're sharing here is incredibly important, especially for people that maybe are not there yet. And they think that all these material things in their life have more meaning than they really do. And I think you'll find as the older you get, the more important experiences are than things. And when you reach a certain point, too, the... The unburdening of getting rid of those things is incredibly mm. <laughs> wonderful and freeing, isn't it?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think that's my takeaway from this lesson here, right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, uh, when you again, all that thing, all those things that we, you know, you look back on it, and because uh, I, I have four boys and. They go through this. They're going through this, right? And uh, it's so funny to uh, relate to some of those. And we have we have some good conversations about that. And I warn Mm -hmm. them, you know, I said, you know, I don't know that doesn't I don't know if that's a good investment or not, or you know, or it is. And uh, so it's because their lives are they're full of that stuff. Yeah,
0: well, well, cats in the cradle, you know, the kids follow what the dad. No, that's a really really valuable lesson for people out there. And and take heart to what you're listening to here, car's yeah, Yeah, listeners is. it's very freeing to free yourself from all those things, and they really aren't as mm-hmm. important as you think. And when you get to a certain point, you know what your kids really don't want the stuff anyway. So don't kid right. your, don't <laughs> Absolutely. kid yourself. Yeah, Absolutely. unless they're cool cars, that's a different yeah. story. So, well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. I think you've mm. had a couple of those. So, what was
2: yours?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, you know that I would say that I call it mentoring. Is there's there's something that uh, you know a lot of people never get to experience in their life, or more importantly, their career. But I was lucky. I, I was in high school and uh, I had a friend that. Her father was a retired advertising uh, creative director from New York. And uh, here I was in high school and sharing with him my hopes and dreams and things I wanted to do. And he kind of took me under his wing there and mentored me basically to understand the big picture, as I call it, and what that, that business was all about. And I had to focus uh, on doing what you know, what I needed to do and what I didn't need to do early in my career, which was very, very helpful. And uh, I just found all my life in my career, I always try to pass that along in my career to you know, in the ad business, that when I was in it so heavily, that I got to reward those people that were either young professionals or employees probably more, more than any time to help them move on with their careers in a way. So kind of passing it along what you know and mentoring, I think, is very very important. And and I know my my kids because they're in different careers, they didn't get that. Mm -hmm. and uh so there's some sometimes they i wish that they could have we could have figured out how to get them involved with people that could have helped them a little more but uh i think we're mentoring i think is a big big part of that and i try to do that as much as i can even to this day uh, with companies and connections and things from that past life that i have anything i can do to help people
0: right it's a great thing and there's a great saying that And I wish I could remember the person this applies to, but I'll come up with it. And that is uh, we are the culmination of the people we surround ourselves with. And surrounding yourselves with people who are better than you, that's something my mom taught me even said that when yep. you marry a woman, marry a woman smarter <laughs> yeah. than you. I think that was a female trick, though, but uh, <laughs> I did that. And she keeps my wife of 33 years, keeps uh, me on my toes. That's for sure. So I think that's new. good advice. But yeah, surround yourself with great people and uh, lean on yeah. those people. Because what I found is most people are willing to offer to help. So don't be afraid to ask mm-hmm. for help is a great takeaway there. Well, let's go back in time. Yeah. I would assume you've had many proud moments in your career, in your life. But is there one that really stands out you would share?
1: Well, you know, most of my life, there's always been some kind of new or weird, and I, in most cases, car in my garage. In the, most cases, it was always Porsches. Oh, oh be still, my heart. <laughs> it was always, you know, it was one of those things that, that you just, uh, you know, I, I loved. I love the brand, mm-hmm. and uh, all for, to this day, all four of my sons can ultimately. We're well, ultimately they're probably going to end up having back problems from sitting in the <laughs> jump seats of. All these yeah the little cars. back seats there, yeah, for all those times, but uh i recently i had a wonderful experience i was i was commissioned by Porsche financial to do uh do paintings for their they were kind of these were awards for their thirty seven top dealers. And I had a chance to work with them and produce those in a way that I think uh, they all enjoyed. And they were presented at their annual sales meeting and all that sort of thing. So that, that's a moment that I recently had that I just, I really, really, it, it meant a lot to me because of the Porsche connection all my life. And, uh, you know, it's one thing that if they had just asked me to do it, I would probably have done it for free.
0: <laughs> we won't tell them that part.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it was one of those things that you, that, that connection with the past. And especially the car thing and a certain type of brand that you enjoy, I enjoyed all my life in some way. It was nice to have that connection with them. So,
0: oh, yes. Well, you and I share another passion there because I'm a huge Porsche fan, as my listeners know, and I have been for many, many years. So, ah, that was, that must have been a very, very fun thing to do.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Let's go back in time since we're talking about Porsche, since we're talking about, and you've had lots of different cars, but let's talk about your first really special car. That first time you got a car that you kind of went, oh, I finally have this thing, and maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle.
1: Well, you know, like I said, you end up with so many, so many of the, those old experiences with all those types of cars. Part of the cars, the things that I had, the things that. Those moments, you know, is that life that I've always uh, – there's always been some kind of, like I said, car growing up or something. And But my father was in the car business. He was a Ford uh, truck, Ford car and truck dealer. And mm-hmm. he always said to me that uh, there was <laughs> – he always said, son, never buy a car at night or in the rain. <laughs> yes. And uh, – <laughs> And that was something that always resonated with me. But uh, so I remember the moment when I was this poor graduate student, you know, I was reading the local newspaper at night. And guess what? It was raining. Oh, and I ran across an ad for a car. It was a 1960 Morgan plus four. And I'll never forget it again. It was at night and in the rain. And uh, of course, I buy it sight unseen <laughs> at night and in the rain. Yeah. And the next sunny morning, I realized that my father's advice was so true because I remember opening the door. To get inside uh, the vehicle, and of course the door came off in my hand. Oh my gosh! I mean, the whole door. Oh my the gosh! The whole door. And I remember driving it, watching the you know, as you were, the wooden subframe, yeah, uh, which is attached to the chassis, which was not attached to the chassis. This vehicle was dancing along as I'm driving this thing home.
0: Dancing, yeah, Flintstone car,
1: (laughs) exactly. But it was one of those, you know, motoring moments that I probably had. You know, had a smile on my face. Yeah, you know, I loved every mile of it, even though it was bad. But it was that was also the first car that I ever restored. I think it took me almost two years. And it was the last car I ever (laughs) restored because it took me two years.
0: You learned many lessons with that purchase, didn't
1: you? Oh my God, yeah, yeah. Always uh, after that, I think I always look for vehicles. Uh, Again, I think I mentioned it was the chase. It wasn't owning the car; it was the chase. Yeah, it was finding something different and unusual or something with a story, Mm -hmm. and uh, that was always the best. I always try to buy the cars that someone else has already done the pain. Yeah, been through the pain. So,
0: well, kiddies out there, listen to your parents because dad knows best. That's for sure. He's been there. He's done that. So, uh, never buy a car at night or in the <laughs> rain. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure.
0: Well, you've owned so many cars, but is there one car you let go that you really wish you had back in
1: your garage? I get asked that a lot. Of you know, and and I again, you. always said you had some nice cars, then you had just absolute junk, <laughs> and uh, we had a lot of junk. Matter of fact, there were. I had three part three guys four four of us total. We we actually subleased a warehouse, and uh, we were all just crazy car guys. And we would uh, so we, every time we would find something or buy it or whatever, we would put it in that warehouse. And I remember at the moment when we tried to disband that at some point because we'd sold the building. And uh, <laughs> we didn't know whose was what. Oh my gosh! So we all... So I probably ended up with more cars than what I what I've stated I've owned, or less, somewhat, because uh, just not knowing uh, whose was what at that point. But we, because we had a bunch, we had a barn full of just stuff, oh, and it wow. was it was a lot of a lot of cars and a lot of car parts. But one car that I just, I had a this car was so special. It was a 1952 Porsche American Roadster. Ooh. And it was the what they call to this day the Lost Atlanta car because it spent a lot of its life. Mm-hmm. It was one of those cars that a, a friend, that our acquaintance had, he didn't know what he had, and he offered it to me. And uh, I didn't know what it was until I did some research and realized that it was what they call this Lost Atlanta car because it was, uh, it was a one-of-a-kind roadster. It was the only steel-bodied American roadster that Porsche made. They made fourteen of them total that were aluminum, Mm -hmm. and this one was the last one, which was the this was the became the prototype for Porsche Speedsters. It was very very rare and very very uh, rusty and very very (laughs) there was basically nothing left, but it was all there. It was when it was in boxes, Uh and uh, you know I had a dream of restoring it, but many, many hundreds, whatever it would have cost to restore the car, I made the decision to sell it. And back in the, that was probably in the late, late eighties when I had this. And, uh, but you know, it changed hands and it's changed hands and that sort of thing. And now it's, you know, the factory wanted it, and it ended up with a, a true Porsche collector Yeah. and, uh, it's changed hands a couple more times. But I remember when I sold it to the guy, I, I said, I, I'll sell it to you for X. And it was, was, it was, uh, more money than I ever thought. But I, the big part of that was I, we signed a contract. He could not sell it for 10 years wow. because I knew if I, if I saw it advertised, <laughs> you'd be upset as it would grow in value. I would get sicker and sicker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, uh, but that was a really unusual special car. And I wish I had back. And I know the owner, the guy has it now and it's uh, shown all over. It's been in, been in all just about all the major shows of this continent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it's very, very special. That's the one that got away. Well, we Uh, all have uh, No one to blame but myself.
0: I've heard 799 of those stories now, so don't feel bad.
1: (laughs) That's right. There's always. We always
0: have one of those in our lives. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What kind of projects are you working on right now that have you really excited and fired up?
1: Well, you know, 75 to 80 percent of what I do is, like I said, is commission work. Mm -hmm. I'm always painting someone's car. And I love that because it's a joy I get to paint. I get to paint some beautiful cars that are owned by some very, very interesting and and fun people. There's always a story, uh, not only about not only with a car, but more importantly, about them. Right. Uh, Reasons why they had it or or had it. And I'm recreating it because they missed it so much and. Sometimes I'm I'm such a deal. <laughs> it's, better, it's better to have a commission of painting of your car than to go try to find it. So I end up doing a lot of that. But uh, I'm also now I'm working on another project. Uh, so I get to paint those and I get to do those for people. And that's kind of what I call my day job. But. Uh, what I get to do, what I'm working on right now, is really what I call. It's kind of more of an experimental series I'm working on. It's called oxidation, mm-hmm. and it's where I take a small section of a rusted car, and this is usually imagery of photos I've taken. And I'll study those photos and then blow them up in my mind to large scale, you know, large pieces, 48, 60 inches, that sort of thing. And uh, so I'm replicating really what that rust and what's is all about on the vehicle. So you don't know it's a piece of rust on a car because the paintings are very very abstract. When you blow that up in my mind and how I interpret that and uh, paint that, it comes off as a very very abstracting looking piece. And uh, even though it's from a you know a rear quarter panel of an Datsol or a Packard or something like that, they're so colorful and impactful that I call them Mother Nature's abstractions. Hmm. And uh, the customers like them in that they buy them as abstract paintings, but uh, when they realize there's a car connection. That's always a surprise. It's kind yeah. of like an added story that's unexpected. So galleries or whatever shows that I go to that I sell these works, they uh, that's always like to push over the edge is let me realize. Oh, that's a, that's rust. Yeah, and it really is. It's very colorful because of, in the fifties back, a lot of the cars that I, I I go after and try to find cars that have been out in the sunlight mm-hmm. because uh, back in the you know forties fifties while those they all had enamel paint jobs and the dyes of the, the paint dyes the way that the sun and the rain and the moisture and all that tracks that, it, it rusts in a way that it's extremely colorful. Right. And it's not just your red rust. It's it's all kinds of these, all kinds of interests that come from that. So that's something I'm working on, and I, I love doing that. And It's kind of like... Uh, it's when I feel like relaxing, that's what I go do, as opposed to something that I'm focused on when I'm really working on the details of someone else's car painting.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I love it.
1: Well, here's a very
0: introspective question for you, Richard. If you were a car, what kind of car would Richard be and why?
1: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. That's, uh, gosh, I'd say I would say definitely a Morgan. There's that Morgan again. That keeps coming back. Those but here portions a mortgage, but i I would say that it would be that because and I, I've had a lot of those cars you know everything from flat rads to plus eights, and, but each one is has always been unique and different and truly, truly handmade, you know, one of a kind. And because when they talk about one of a kind car, Morgan can still say that. They can truly say that because that left door is slightly different, slightly (laughs) different size than that right door. But that's kind of like I've tried to be that whole way, that way in my whole life, you know, unique, different, and one of a kind. I would say that's what I would be as a Morgan.
0: Perfect, perfect answer. Well, Richard, up next is the last lap. But Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years And they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Richard, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Oh, gosh. Let's uh If you get no as an answer, remember that no means next opportunity.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I had someone else tell
0: me that no is actually the maybe before yes. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. That's right. Yeah, every if that if that car gets away and you can't it, trust me, it'll it'll come back to you. Exactly. No, someone will say no. It'll come back. There'll be another opportunity. There'll be another one out there. Another opportunity.
0: Well, that's what my wife told me. She said, "Well, that means you just you just dodged the bullet. You didn't even know you were dodging. So it's, <laughs> it's best <laughs> you right. didn't get that car after all, because the door might have come off yeah, in your hand." That's right. That's right. Like somebody else I know. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the
1: years? That's my studio. My studio looks. Uh, it what we call it, it looks and is a cluttered mess <laughs> uh, but it's but it's really what I call more of a structured chaos mm-hmm. and I, I just i think that i think it was einstein that said that you know if a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind or what then what is a, an empty desk ah
2: uh, yes
1: so knowing exactly where things are and how to do it, where to get, get it done within my space is something that I, I uh, enjoy doing.
0: With we all have our own systems, that's for sure. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources out there, but are there maybe one or two you could share with our listeners?
1: Oh gosh, there's so many. Uh, my w- website, we always do try to link. Sometimes to we're restructuring right now, and we're going to actually do more of that. But uh, I, there's one that sticks with me, and this is goes way back. But it's the J.C. Whitney catalog.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. And
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think as a teenager, I somehow they got my name, and all my life. I continue to get those J.C. Whitney catalogs, and I've even collected a few. I still have some around, and I enjoy sitting down reading those old ads. But uh, it's an interesting company. They're still alive, still going, 95 years.
0: Incredible. I think
1: they've still been there in business, and uh, but fascinating, uh, interesting old company that's still doing well today. They morphed into a you know, successful parts company.
0: I remember those as well, bought many parts from those back when I was in uh, high school and college and so forth. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would that be?
1: Well, I would say other than you. Oh, well, thank you very uh, much. (laughs) You would be first, Mark, of course.
0: Oh, uh, you're humble. You
1: know, I've always, I think it was for my father's, the whole Henry Ford, my connection with the Ford brand back growing up. But I would say Henry Ford then and today I would absolutely be Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. That would be fascinating. It's those two. Because they were both so revolutionary, and still are, and are obviously, yeah. in the automotive industry.
0: So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting meal or drink to get those two together at the same yep. table. Wouldn't that be oh, fun? Oh, my
1: God. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't that would be,
0: be pretty, pretty cool. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy?
1: Yeah, The Road by uh, Cormac McCarthy. I don't mm, know. It's, a, yes. it's a fun read. It's an older uh, piece. I think it was a Pulitzer winner, about ten years ago or something. But mm-hmm. it, I, I read that a uh, few a uh, few weeks ago, and I enjoyed that so much.
0: Very good, very good. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources Richard has shared on his show notes page at Karjad.com slash RichardWebb, W-E-B-B. It's the spelling of his last name. And there's another great place on the CarsYad website called Guest Recommended Books where this book and all the past uh, almost 800 guests now have recommended books there. I've made it really easy for you for quick, easy clicks to buy. So, Check that out on the Cars Yeah! website. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Richard, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car, I'm sorry, I said just one in your garage, <laughs> but you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other stuff with, so if you pick that Ferrari GTO, you're going to be stuck with it. But money is no <laughs> object today. I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like. What would that vehicle be and why?
1: Uh, well, I I'll have, to, I'll have to say it wouldn't even be a car. Oh, I think it's, that's a tough one. But I would say that I would call I would say it would down to a type. It would be a type. It would be more of a what I would call a vintage 40 or 50 pickup truck. Oh. I end up at the la- I've done a lot of trucks recently and uh, a lot of collectors that are into trucks now, and you as through comments conversations with them it comes very apparent why uh, I painted because I painted up painting a lot of them these collections but because as they put it, they said this is the only vehicle my wife never questions because I can <laughs> I can use it to go pick up a load of lumber at home Depot or a new sofa, so it's you know it's that classically utilitarian uh, vehicle that mm-hmm. uh, I think would be you very useful today I think the there's, like you said, the GTO, whatever, all that would be wonderful. But in my life, I think that utilitarian, I need to haul something. A classic 50s truck would be wonderful.
0: Wow. Well, let's let's try to narrow this down a little bit. So let's start by picking a mark. Now, I know you were a Ford guy when you were young. Your dad was a Ford guy. Would it be a Ford or a Chevy
1: or Dodge? or No, I would have to say the Ford thing. Absolutely. To okay. you to this day. All right. Uh, yeah, that's something that I just... I would always love it. I paint a lot of Ford forgotten tours, rusted Fords, mm-hmm. you know, but I do them all. But it uh, seems like Fords or, or it's either Fords or Chevys most of the time. Or yeah. Harvesters and things, but Jeeps. But,
0: uh, there you go. Well, Richard, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would. And I have really enjoyed learning more about you and about your art. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset and that, that old Ford pickup truck? <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right with my paint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would think, I would say uh, my best is don't get attached to the world as it is because the world is changing. And sometimes, you know, everything is always, you know, what goes around comes around. And, uh, New things are always coming, and especially in the next few years, the changes that the automotive industry are under under siege right now in a way it's going to be fascinating to see where it goes and I just think that that whole world and the attachment to that change is something that we all have to just be patient with Sure. because uh, so much of it i I was talking with my wife last night, and we had a she reminded me of a oh this little story because this child was child has yeah. grown now. But a few years ago, we were driving, and I, I honestly I was trying to remember what I was in, but I was in some. It was an older '50s classic that I Ford something, and I had a tap on my shoulder, and it was a young my young son's friend, and he said to me, Mister Webb, he says, "How do I roll down the windows? <laughs> or how do I put the window down?" Yeah. Because he was used to a you know a power switch, and that was a roll down window, and he had no idea what that was for. Wow! So today, my gosh think about the things and the changes that are going on and are there going to be <laughs> steering wheels three years from now and what have you so uh, it's all changing things are always changing <laughs> so
0: embrace the change what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow along with your artwork
1: oh gosh, well uh, yeah, com that's my website okay and it's constantly under change, and we uh, a matter of fact, as we speak, but it's it's up, and uh, there's you can visit my work, uh, we have a lot of things there that, uh, that we have do have done, or will be doing, and then, of course, the, the typical Facebook, Richard F. Webb Art, or uh, Instagram, I think, it's Richard, it's Richard F. Webb.
0: Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about today here on Cars. Yeah, just go to Richard Sonos page, type Richard Webb into the search bar, that page will pop up. I would have encourage you to check out the artwork that Richard does if you don't already know about him. It's absolutely beautiful, wonderful, very unique and different. If you love cars, if you love old trucks, you're going to love the art that (laughs) Richard paints. So I encourage you to check out and follow along with what he is doing. Definitely having fun in his second or third or fourth retirement here. So (laughs) (laughs) never quit painting. Richard, thanks for being so generous with your time today and your expertise and for sharing your Incredible automotive experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thanks, Mark. It was a pleasure. You're welcome.
0: What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design, and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered, commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true.